Hello and welcome to the Hit Shuffle Podcast. I'm your host, Matt. And I am your host, Dave. Welcome to episode 13. Lucky 13. Uh, hopefully it will be, yes. Yeah, we'll find out. Uh, what have you been listening to recently, Matt? So recently I've been going back and forth between a little bit of punk rock, a little bit of math rock. Nice. Uh, first, I've been going back through all the Punkorama CDs. Uh, I have a playlist where I kind of took all the albums, put them all into one, just been shuffling through that just to kind of you know bring back some memories amazing series of compilations oh, they're so good uh, if you're not familiar old school punk rock pop punk kind of stuff and specifically the punkorama volume three which was my absolute favorite one uh, there is a artist called oscar on there and their song all right which is actually a demo because i used to release you know demo versions unreleased versions all in these compilations which was always really cool yeah, I thought that was a nice touch. You hear stuff you normally wouldn't. Right, like you would never purposefully buy a regular album and have them put on a demo. Unless it's like a bonus a, a tracks yeah, edition extended or edition, something. What you're not going to get from a punk band in right. the early 2000s. Never. The outcome is I feel like shit Don't you know when to quit And I am not And then also, I've been listening to some math rock with uh, the band Delta Sleep. Oh, great band. And the song Lake Sprinkle Sprinkle, which is just an amazing song. It's so good. Off their Twin Galaxies album. That's just, uh, Delta Sleep is just quality, like everything. Oh, they're so good. It's just amazing sound. So what have you been listening to? Uh, I've been here and there, as I usually am. I've been listening to a lot of the White Stripes, uh, nice. mainly Elephant and Red Blood Cells. Okay. Um, you know, just some good old classic garage rock, mm -hmm. Jack White stuff. And then uh, I think you'll enjoy this. This is a little uh, trip back. A band called On Display. Oh, geez. Uh, <laughs> Before the Curtain Call album. Uh, if you remember, I think it was uh, we were seeing Less Than Less Jake, than Real Jake. Big Fish, and Streetlight. Like yep. the best ska tour ever. And the singer from this band just like came up and started talking to us and was like, hey, you guys look like you like ska. I'm like, uh, yeah, we love ska. And then he gave us the album. Specifically because I was wearing a Big D in the Kids Table shirt. Which I was actually wearing yesterday. Nice. <laughs> I, thought I, I thought I had it on today, but it's the same color. So, he was yeah. like, hey, you guys look like you're like, Scott, here, have our album. And it was the whole album. Yeah, he was a pretty cool dude, and that's a solid album. It he is. used to have it in the car and rocked it a bunch and kind of forgotten about it. And then I found it on my last FM, and it's on Spotify. I'm so, so glad it's on Spotify. That's really cool. And uh, if anybody from that band by chance happens to hear this, great job. Great album. Still good. Hit us up. We want to know what you're doing now. Hell yeah. Hey, Matt. Yeah. 
And like usual, you can find these songs and whatever songs we're going to talk about later on on our Hit Shuffle Podcast playlist on Spotify. You can find that link on hitshufflepodcast.com. All right, Matt, let's get your roll and see what you get. Is that another 18? 16. Oh, thank God. 16. Now you're getting all the high rolls. All right, 16. Let's see what I get. Ooh, real Ooh. big fish. Somebody loved me. Nice. Haven't had a lot of ska. All right, so that was Somebody Love Me by Real Big Fish from the 2002 album Cheer Up. Great band. Another band that we've both loved forever. For a very long time, yeah. I've, I've listened to Real Big Fish since late 90s, late 90s. Long before we even met. Yeah, surprisingly. Which is a long time. Which has been, it's still been a while, which means that I've been listening to these guys for a number higher than my age, which is already high. Most of your life. Actually, Yes. I have listened to Real Big Fish for more than half of my lifetime. Impressive. Yeah. This is one of their best albums, I would say. Critically, it wasn't, but personally, it is. It has probably some of my, some songs I would consider my favorite Real Big Fish songs. This one, uh, Where Have You Been, Suckers, New York, New York, Sayonara, Senorita, Boss DJ, Drunk Again. Like, they're all... It's, I mean, there's a lot of they're so good. high-tier Real yeah. Big Fish that came off of this album, and it's kind of the perfect blend of the ska and the pop punk fusion of like third wave yeah and that's what a lot of people said when they put this album out was that it was you know trending more towards pop punk and rock but i think it's still a ska album personally yeah i mean there's a lot of horns and there's a couple songs i think that don't really have a lot of horns like where have you been right where have you been does not have horns uh obviously new york new york is all acapella i mean that's kind of like a a bonus track almost like they're kind not of. really it's, labeled it, bonus tracks put but... that towards the end there's like the covers the 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 acapella the the drunk again which is such a good song i love that uh first time scott did lead vocals on drunk again actually really yes i didn't realize that was the first time he'd done lead vocals yes uh and also this album is the first time that uh scott played guitar didn't know that either yes that's is uh kind of where i think he's really started getting into all the stuff himself which led to his side project littlest man band right which check them out too yeah that's a that's a band i haven't listened to in a long time he also now does a lot of youtube stuff yes scott has been out of real big fish since 2010 yeah he uh he does a lot of youtube and twitch and online content Still makes music and whatnot. That's still really good. Yeah. and a, That motherfucker can sing. A, yeah. And, you know, this is first when you started to get to see a lot of what Scott could do. Yeah, I feel like they relied on him pretty heavily for this album. For vocals, for, for horn parts, guitar parts. Yeah, which this is the first album they kind of changed up the way they wrote the songs. Before, Aaron had pretty much written the songs himself and just, like, brought them to the band. Right. And for this, he would come up with a main thematic idea for the song and then bring it to the band, and they would jam to suss out the rest of the song. That's a good way to do it. uh, And this is also in a weird time for the band as well. One, because Aaron said it was like a... uh, He didn't want to call it a midlife crisis album. He said, but it was pretty much a midlife crisis album. The label 
was kind of giving them a runaround because apparently they were going through some kind of merger, but weren't talking to the bands about it, so the bands weren't getting paid. Yeah, another tale of label screwery and not Victory Records, amazingly. Surprisingly enough. <laughs> I think it's the first time this subject has come up that Victory Records was not involved. Yeah, so, I'm sure it'll come up again, though. Yeah, their label, Mojo Records, was struggling, and uh, one of the issues they had was they had to keep fighting to try to get money. Right. The album... They started work recording the album in 1999, which was the year after their previous album, but this didn't come out until 2002. Right, yeah, they started their pre-production in 99. And uh, Mojo was secretly in talks to merge with Jive Records, and but the band didn't know. Nope. So Mojo just kept being like, yeah, 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 whatever, uh, wouldn't give them money, wouldn't tell them what was going on. So Probably Fish said, fuck it, went on tour. We yes. gotta make some money. <laughs> yes, uh, went on numerous tours yeah. between 1999 and 2002 to help pay for the recording because the label wouldn't give them the money to do it. Yeah, I'm glad they did because this album is so good. It is, and those were some very good tours too. Looking at the lineups during that 2000-2001 yeah, time you, period, you were, you were telling me about them, and that's uh, that's just those lineups are insane. A lot of touring with Goldfinger. Yep, Homegrown. There was one, like, RX Bandits was opening. Old RX Bandits? Yeah. Early 2000s RX when, Bandits? When RX Bandits had horns? Yeah. I would have loved to see any of those tours. I got to see the Resignation Anniversary show. Ooh. When they had their horn section that there. Been a that good was one. so good. But back to Roby Fish. Now, I knew that they had been around for a long-ass time because it's a ska band, so they are definitely around in the 90s. But I didn't realize that they actually started as a cover band in high school. Like, the, band, the guys themselves started as a cover band. Which... I also didn't know, but not really surprising when you look at their tendency for covers throughout their whole career. Also, very, and they're very good covers. Oh, like, yeah. I mean, real They big, have experience in doing covers. Real Big Fish makes some of the best covers you will find. Absolutely. But then when that the former singer left, Aaron Barrett took over, and that's when they really were like, we're a Scott band now. Speaking of members, though, they have a list that rivals the fucking Ataris. As far I, I as would, previous members go. I would say it even surpasses it because... Uh, I don't think it surpasses it by much. Well, see, my thing was the, the Ataris, you know, they had that whole big-ass chart at the bottom of their Wikipedia with other right. members. Real Big Fish, that's its own article. Yeah. They're members. It's not even a section on their page. There's a whole article you go to where there's the whole bar graph, and then there's actually like a chart with pictures and descriptions and there everything. There has to be. So many members just... I think the way like the ska world works, especially horn players, tend to rotate in and out a lot. Yeah, you'll hear a lot about traveling between bands, opening for or like filling in for bands, joining bands, leaving bands. So it's like this is a pool of horn players, and then they just kind of go where they're needed. A lot of horn players you'll see in a band that you had seen in a, another band. Yeah, a couple years prior, or something yep. like that. Like Even when one of the dudes from Mighty Mighty Boss Tones toured with Less Than Jake. Yeah. And even on this album, there's a lot of kind of member upheaval. Yeah. Uh, you had a trumpet player who left, say, partially two-thirds of the way through recording. Yep. Uh, and then they recruited Tyler Jones from Spring Hill Jack. Yeah. To finish the album and tour with them. Such a good band. They also, their drummer was having, I believe, personal family issues during this era and had to miss multiple tours. And he was... Replaced for those tours by Ryland Steen, a.k.a. The Rabbit. 
the rabbit who would a couple years after this album become real big fish's uh full-time drummer for a long time yeah a really long time and i think be part of real big fish's i would say prime lineup yeah aaron barrett yeah. the rabbit uh matt wong on bass scott obviously uh dan regan yep interesting little note about the rabbit that i found when he did leave real big fish it was because he went to go tour with the classic rock band america what yeah i was kind of rabbit from real big fish yes toward is was is whatever touring with america yes that is actually the reason that he departed from real big fish was to go tour with 1970s classic rock band america that must have been some good money also, just an experience. I that mean, too, yeah. That's a whole different crowd. I was just surprised because most of the members from this time period and in general kind of left eventually for family reasons. They wanted to settle down, yeah. start a family, spend more time with their kids, whatever. That's why Scott left, right? Yeah. Because he wanted to, he was starting a family, essentially. Yeah, Scott, Matt Wong, Dan all eventually left to either start or spend more time with their families. I mean, um, it makes sense. They, they are a quintessential touring band. They are always on tour. I mean, yeah, and from, like, the early 90s on, and a lot of these guys were in other bands before Real Big Fish. Right. And they were, you know, ska bands tour all the time. Like, you don't make a lot of money off of selling records or anything. You got to be on the road all the time. And when this came out, I mean, they would have been, if they were in high school in the early 90s, they would have been in their mid to late 20s, early 30s. Right, for you Aaron know, Barrett's midlife crisis. Yeah, you know, and then all the, the family, starting families and shit like that, like... I think it all just coalesced into the same time frame, which is just kind of unfortunate. Yeah, they all kind of were getting into their, I guess, early, mid, maybe late 30s. Wanted, yep. to, wanted to have kids settle down and whatnot. And, I mean, you can't blame them for that. No. But it's just sad that that, just that era prime of, of lineup Real of Real Big yeah. Fish is gone. Now, we've seen them. So, I have seen them both before and after. I don't know if you've seen them. Did you ever see them after the everyone left? Maybe once. Okay. I'm not sure. I know when I... Most of the times I saw him, it was Matt Wong, the Rabbit, Scott, yeah. Dan, everybody. Man, they put on a hell of a show. Oh, yeah. The show we mentioned earlier, actually, from the on display with Ribbig Fish, Streetlight, and Less Than Jake. Yeah. That was insane. It was such a good show. Like, Scott All-Star Tour. Yep. Less Than Jake. I think that was the tour Less Than Jake was doing The Price is Right. That's when they were doing show. the stage show with the albums. Yep. Yeah. Spin the wheel, play a couple songs off of whatever album it landed on. Yeah. That was a good tour. Uh, they had the giant Plinko board. Yep. Uh, T-shirt cannons. Yep. Uh, that was just, I mean, amazing. Real Big Fish, of course, always puts on a hell of a live show. Absolutely. One of the best live performing bands I've ever seen. And one of the best live albums I've ever heard. <sighs> I was just listening to that last night, actually. Yeah, that's literally probably the best live album I've ever heard. I have listened to that live album so many times. I have all the banter memorized. Yep. I can word for word recite all the between song banter. Yep, absolutely. I think uh, we should maybe get into the song a little yeah, bit. Yeah, probably. <laughs> we could talk about Real Big Fish forever, but we should uh, maybe break down a little bit of the actual music and parts of the song yeah well the one thing that's pretty uh, not easy but pretty simple to break down is the lyrics uh yeah now real all, big fish all 12 lines of them yeah it's, that's a lot of the times not what you come for or at least not deep lyrics no but i mean still at the same time it's that that lovely ska thing of depressing sad lyrics over you know great horn parts yeah and i mean there is there is meaning i'm sure that yeah. you know aaron was pulling from 
feelings and experiences and whatnot. But, it's, you know, you don't come to ska music for poetic lyrics necessarily. <laughs> you just want something you can sing to while you're dancing. Yep. I mean, it's about being pretty much stabbed in the back by somebody talking to them, talking about them behind their back, but then being treated nicely to their face. Which, as we say a lot, who can't relate to that? Yeah, I mean, if you can't relate to ska and pop punk songs, then... You've, congratulations like you, you, you've apparently you've never well. never tried to have a relationship yeah. or anything yeah. well yeah lyrically it's it's pretty straightforward lyrically simple like 12 lines just get choruses get repeated and but then the music it's just it's where it's at and it's a bit of a different sound for real big fish yeah. which is kind of what they were going for uh with the album in general they wanted to kind of experiment with different things and go a little out of the box. And this is one of the better examples of that from this I album, I think. Like, yeah, this is definitely where I can see like the whole pop punk rock trending towards pop punk and rock that they that they pulled from. Like the intro is almost like alt rock. It's very, like you've got a clean guitar and bass little yep. thing going with not much else. And then you start to get a little bit of a swell with some guitar and a horn and, drums, and a little horns. bit of drums. Yeah. And then it opens then it up kicks to in. that. You're like, uh, okay, this is a real big fish song. Yeah, your typical uh, big melodic horn hook over a little rhythm guitar riff and yep. everything. And they're, the one thing I've always loved about Real Big Fish is their Aaron's distortion is always heavier than it needs to be for a ska song. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, I do have a whole little specific note about that. Like yeah. the, the guitar tone is just a lot more it's aggressive than so you would aggressive. expect from pop punk or third wave ska it's, it's you know so it's very distorted yeah. uh, quite compressed almost like a metal tone it's, it's very heavy but it adds a little bit of a unique dynamic because obviously you've got not in this song but you've got like your clean upstroke ska guitar real big fish does a lot but just having that distortion and then when you get into the verse here, it's quite different. You've got like your rhythm guitar part, but then there's just all kinds of weird stuff going yeah, on over top of it. On it. Little like lead like, trills and harmonics and, yeah. and weird noises. All of my friends, they're not my friends. A knife in the back, felt it again. What did I do? Was it so wrong? Used to fit in. Now I Yeah, and then because it's just like a simple palm muted guitar for like your rhythm part, but, but it, then there's all this so stuff much. over. Yeah, but that's the thing; it, bite, it bites hard. <laughs> that tone. Like if you took that out and put it in something else, it'd be like, "Oh, this is heavy as fuck." But exactly, a big fish song. I think we'll get into it a little bit more uh, later in the song, but Aaron does have a lot of non-ska heavier oh, influence yeah. in his yeah. guitar playing. And then the vocals, I think the vocals and the horn parts are what you come to Real Big Fish for. Yeah, I mean, the the lyrics, like we were saying, aren't super complex, but the vocal delivery. They're always. Like, I mean, Aaron Barrett can sing. Like, not, you know, opera sing, but, no, but for Scott, he's just... He can it's, sing. It's, he's got the perfect voice, yep. the perfect delivery. And then you have the vocal harmony of, of Scott. Oh, and he and Scott, their voices blend together yeah. just perfectly. You also, on this one, have Matt Wong singing underneath everything. Really? Yeah, if you pay attention to that first part of the verse. I'll have, I didn't even notice that yeah, when I was listening you, you through. Matt Wong's very like, distinctively low. low voice. Yeah, because yeah. on the live stuff, he gets a lot of, I'm Matt, you know, yeah. I'm Matt Wong. He, always, he has a low voice. But I didn't even notice that. Yeah, like when it comes in, 
And then it kind of like goes from him into just the part with Aaron. And then Scott comes in with the high harmonies. Uh, yeah, it's, 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 it's hidden, but it's there. Now, see, even listening to that, you know, what, 10 times on repeat with yeah. headphones with the volume turned up, I yeah. didn't even catch that. And I think this is a good point with the horns in this song. We talked about it a couple episodes ago, I think, when we had Streetlight, how Streetlight uses the horns all throughout the song. Yeah. And this is very straightforward third wave ska. Like, the horns yep. are there for the hooks. They're the and accents. Yeah. That's it, pretty much. Yep. Now, like the hook at the beginning, and then you've got like horns into the chorus, horns out of the chorus, pretty much. Well, they'll have like the 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 hits, like the end of the verses. They'll have the at, yeah, the bridges, and then then you'll get like a horn or two that'll play solid, like in the chorus. Like it'll just kind of be a, a tone in the background of the chorus. Which is, you know, it's it's not bad or anything. It's just quite distinct methods of using the horns yeah. in the music quite different but i mean real big fish like that's what you expect you know yeah. big catchy horn hooks not necessarily three horns doing like super complex stuff yeah first like street light different sound and the chorus i think is quite interesting yeah it it definitely kind of it's not that it doesn't fit it's just not the same as the other parts of the song yeah it's it's a real different feel and it's not really a chorus feel either. no it's like, like this this weird like it's almost like a pre-chorus that climbs it's like it kind of goes up yeah the, the musically dr the drums are kind of doing like a roll type yeah. of thing not really your normal big open chorus beat and it's just it does it's like a intense building yeah it's just not normally what you do in a chorus yep But then it goes back into that that verse again. Yep, horn hook back into the verse. Yep, horn hook back into the chorus. But this time, so in this verse with the vocals, when you have that essentially, when you have that distorted vocal that kind of sits off on side. Yeah, that's where Matt Wong's vocal sits. Is where that distorted vocal sits, uh, and then it does you know that into the Aaron Barrett and then into the high vocal. Now, that's a uh, little accent Real Big Fish did a lot on this album, at least, with the uh, like kind of distorted, filtered like background vocals or accent yeah. vocals. It adds a, you know, a different little touch. You definitely hear it, and it's not your normal backup vocal yep. sound. Yeah, like they do it in the beginning of Rock and Roll's Bitchin'. Yes. Where they have like the announcement, uh, and it's the distorted vocals, and they do that throughout the song. It's kind of like almost like a PA sound yeah. type of sound. I don't think there's much variation between the first and second chorus. No, there's not. I mean, it's um, it's pretty much the same part. It's really, this is kind of the what it's climbing to as it goes from that climb, but then it hits that soft part. Yeah, it's kind of a complete. It just shifts. Switcheroony yeah. on you, and it goes into a little chill uh, horn solo. I, not quite. 
horn interlude yeah. melodic section. And then it, it does that thing that Aaron Barrett loves, which is also popular in, in some of the newer RX banded stuff. It's like the real echoey, strummed out guitar part in the background. Yeah, kind it's, of as this horn section's yeah. building, you get some guitar some out there. Squirreliness in the background. And uh, then it builds up into a nice ripping guitar solo. Ripper. As Aaron Barrett loves to do, a very kind of like rock, classic rock it's a classic inspired rock solo, for sure. solo yeah. you know, a lot of just, you know, shredding type, not quite, not really shredding, but I mean, I don't really, it's just classic rock solo. Yeah. Think, think of like a, a 70s rock song and just a solo that. It's not a hair metal solo. It's, it's a classic rock solo. Yeah. yeah. That's also a kind of little Real Big Fish specific touch that's a little out there for the third wave ska having such technical guitar solos that are kind of not really pop punk has guitar solos but it's a totally different style of writing it and everything right yeah this is this is pulling directly from a classic rock sound absolutely just front and center like i'm the guitarist and i'm gonna mount your face right which aaron loves to do and it's great i mean he he can write a guitar solo yeah yeah oh absolutely (laughs) they're good and, like, this one is not even one of his more impressive solos, and it's still a great solo. Mm-hmm. But he has, over the years, done better ones, and especially live kind of improvs. There's a lot of great solos on the live album. Yes, yes, there are. But then the solo goes back into the climbing chorus again. Which does have a little bit of variation Which, this uh, I'd time. say has a bit of variation. It's also funny, I was thinking about uh, looking at everything. <laughs> lyrically, the song is done lyrically less than two-thirds of the way through at i would say the the end of the second verse verse, yeah yeah, that's that second verse into the second chorus because there's you're done like there's no vocals during the interlude part and then it's just back into the chorus chorus again again. Um, they did add i really like the backing vocals in the final chorus yes i don't really know how to describe it they're kind of just doing like oohs and ahs but they're like drawn out and they kind of swell it's it's not just a normal straight up backing vocal there there's dynamic or something it has like a uh i guess that you would call it a delayed attack yeah where it swells in and then kind of holds and then uh the horns are also kind of doing some long drawn out yeah. uh swell type stuff that wasn't in the first two choruses and then you have the offset vocal part as well which is also the harmony brings that f- final chorus feel that yeah. we've talked about before because there's not i i don't hear like a key change and there's not really like a no. a time signature change or anything like that that they they just made the chorus do. bigger yeah <laughs> they just kind of added some yeah. layers and harmonies to it which i mean it's still it's enough to signify it's you know different it's the final yes. chorus this is the end of the song And speaking of, they end right after that on those big horn hits. And, I mean, that's a great way to end a song. It's totally different than your normal, just kind of repeating the chorus and fading out that happens a lot in music. Yeah. You just end Classic on, fade out. You just end on that big 
hook and that sticks in your listeners' ears. That sounds weird. <laughs> sticks in your ears. Ugh. Sticks in your mind, I guess, sounds better. Well, all right. Again, that was Somebody Loved Me by Real Big Fish off of the 2002 album Cheer Up. A lot of fun to talk about. That's oh, such a good band, such a good song, such a good album. So, uh, yeah, give us a minute. We'll be right back. And then it's Dave's turn. Yay. And we're back. And it's Dave's turn. Go ahead and roll that dice. See what you get. All right. Three. Nice wow. and short. Warm and sharp by the Ergs. The Ergs. All right. All right. Okay, and that was, again, Warm and Sharp by the Ergs off of the Hindsight is 2020 album from 2008. The album slash compilation album slash might not be a compilation album. Yes, I believe it's like a collection of non-album songs. Uh, right. Singles, singles yeah. B-sides, songs off of compilations, that sort of thing. Uh, it was actually the last release the band broke up a couple months after this came yep. out. The Ergs, as we mentioned a couple episodes ago, Mikey Erg later went to be in Houseboat, among many other bands. Yeah, that's one of seven or eight bands. Um, but the Ergs are one of the two main parent bands of Houseboat, uh, the right. other one being the Steinways. Steinways, yes. Um, now, Mikey Erg is the main vocalist and songwriter for the Ergs, whereas he's kind of secondary in Houseboat and... Uh, Grath takes the lead. Yeah, yeah. He's also the drummer, right? Yes. Yeah. That's what yes. I thought. Drummer slash lead vocalist from Out of the Ashes. Uh. First, no, yeah, from Out of the Ashes, right? Eventually, yeah. yeah. Although the drummer was kind of like the secondary secondary vocalist, and then I think because it was like him and the screaming yeah, guy, like that, yeah. and then like the screaming guy eventually left. I know that the drummer for from Out of the Ashes did a lot of vocals. Um, Under Oath eventually too. Yep. But us. as far as like, yeah, <laughs> as far as pop punk goes, aside from us, uh, you didn't see a lot of singing, lead singing drummers. No, not really. Certainly not in the early 2000s East Coast underground. You still don't really scene. see yeah. it. But... Now, the Ergs formed in the year 2000 in high school. In Jersey. Yes. Which there's a lot of good music that comes out of Jersey, despite it really being Jersey. Yeah. Now, they formed because they had a mutual love of all music and a desire to not be pigeonholed into one sound. Yeah, which, that and they were all a bunch of nerds. Yeah. Now, this song would be a great example of that. <laughs> Prime example of that. This is not, I guess, what you'd classify as like the typical Erg sound because they did kind of have like that main core pop punk yeah. sound, which yeah. is kind of like a little bit of a more raw houseboat sound. Yeah, it pushes more on the punk side than the pop side. Yeah, I mean, the Ergs and the Steinways kind of had similar sounds, and Houseboat was just like a little bit more refined version of that. In general, it's kind of like your straight-up punk, pop-ish type punk stuff. But this is 
like alt country. Alt country, yeah, it's, yeah. Not even though it's like a it's it's an, it's almost, almost an old school country, like a yeah, the backwoods country, not like a pop country. Yeah, like, the the music is very traditional country. I mean, it's basically yeah. all traditional country tropes, kind of yeah, like yep. stereotypes. It's I don't know why, but when I was thinking of it, I was reminded of the movie Walk Hard, the Dewey Cox story. <laughs> like, yeah. I could see this being a scene where he's in the studio and, like, this is the song that they play. Yeah, it's... The only thing that's not really that kind of almost country caricature is the vocals. Yeah. Which they're kind of... I mean, he does put more of, like, a twang to it and stuff than the normal stuff, but he, it doesn't sound like a country it's, singer singing he, he it. He took that traditional country yeah. sound and then put the ergs punk vocals yeah. over it and yeah i mean the lyrics too it's yeah. it's kind of a weird to have very punk lyrics over this very comical country sound yeah but it's it's a good country sound though it is, i mean honestly if con- if like <laughs> actual country music they were putting they out back stuff that? that sounded like this i would I'd be more inclined again. to listen yeah. to it yeah not that pop country and oddly enough the the bass is the kind of thing that stands out the most. Oh, and it, I mean that's it's a driving force when you yeah. when listening to this type of music is is the bass, which also made me realize that despite the first part being real big fish, neither of us mentioned the bass at all. Oh shit! That that's song. a first, ladies and gentlemen. Yeah, and surprisingly for a ska song, that just didn't have no. I mean the bass was there, but it just was underneath the guitar, and you never really noticed it. Yeah, this you notice. It's, I did talk about the bassist vocal part though <laughs> so yeah he got involved just not for the bass not which, the way we normally which is do. sad because matt wong is a He's very a talented bassist. bassist that song it's just kind of a very i don't know bumping bass line i'm sure there's a name for this style of bass i just don't know it or can't think of it really it's they just call it a bluegrass bass line okay the slap style bluegrass bass line like not exactly walking though there are walking elements to it that's kind the, of in the turnaround that's the bluegrass thing it's it's the the, the two notes with a walk every now and mm-hmm. again but yeah because otherwise it's like a back and forth because the drum rhythm is just a very simple like bass snare and then one yeah. two three four back and forth and the bass kind of alternates and does some little turnarounds and then you've got an acoustic guitar just kind of sitting off to the one side doing your typical strumming open chords. And when you think about it, it seems so inevitable that this time I'm right about a lot of things. I didn't even necessarily pick out the chord progression of that even really. No, it's That's just kind, kind of, of there. Yeah. And then the other guitar is kind of a overdriven almost filtered type of sound yeah kind of that kind of goes back and forth between doing some more twangy strumming and your kind of typical little country diddles i guess you would call them <laughs> country country diddles your little diddle diddles on the on the twang i mean you think, i know what you mean you i know think what you a mean. country it's musician just, wouldn't say just, the diddle diddles uh that's <laughs> oh jeez. What do you, what do you think this song is actually about? Looking at the lyrics, it's. I mean, it kind of seems like your normal like punk kind of 
you know, it starts off with like being anxious and uptight and everything. I don't know. It, getting too close toward, to someone. Like and... towards the second half, I kind of lost a little. Yeah, I kind of, I kind of lost a little bit. I almost feel like it's like you're a you're an anxious person, but you kind of feel weird, and then you get too close to somebody, and that person kind of turns on you. Hence the whole like knife like hugs, feeling warm and sharp. Yeah, that's that's what I'm kind of and like the. It, last line of last time i try to tell you how i feel on the song ends i don't know it's kind of like maybe like the storyteller like had a fight with the person and then like the the hugs afterward is like you know they didn't really agree or make up or whatever yeah I don't know. I thought I I thought I had where he was going in the first half of the lyrics, and then the second half, it, I was just kind of like, maybe I don't understand it as much as I thought. Yeah, but that's that's hey man, that's lyrics. Yeah, it I means mean, what you want it to mean. It could mean a different thing to you, to me, to him, to everybody. Now, one thing that doesn't match, the, other than the fact that the rest of the music doesn't match this music, some of the fucking people they've toured with. Yeah, they, they were kind of everywhere yeah. um, during their run during the first half of the 2000s yeah. or so. To I mean, 2008 was when they did their final tours and broke up, although they've done a bunch of yeah, reunions done since. since. But, like, the, they toured with The Descendants, they toured with Bouncing Souls, Austin Jake, Dillinger 4. Like, those are, those are not small names. No, I mean, they've played Riot Fest, Insubordination Fest, The Fest. The Fest. They played The Fest the fest four consecutive years. And they headlined in 2008, which was their final year as a regular band. Right, and that was the No Idea Records, The Fest 7, right? I, be- I believe so, yes. All three guys went on to be in other bands. Numerous bands. <laughs> yes, yes. There's a lot of influence. Obviously, Mikey Erg is the most he's done all kinds of stuff he spent time in the unlovables in the dopamines had numerous other projects he's had solo releases he had a hardcore band psych to die mm-hmm. and then of course houseboat for yep. numerous years which was basically kind of like an evolution of like the ergs type of stuff although without all of the weird country songs and whatnot right the good country songs <laughs> But then you have also uh, Joey Erg made a surf-influenced hardcore punk band called Nightbirds. They are still active, I believe. I don't know. They don't have a Wikipedia page. Uh, but they are or were signed to uh, Fat, Fat Records. It's, it does say that they continue to tour and record. So there's a good chance they're still out there doing, uh, doing something. Jeff Erg was in Hunchback and then formed a post-punk band called Black Wine. That's a good name. They put out four albums. So these guys have been hugely influential in a lot of punk and punk adjacent music for a long time. And it's really, you don't hear a whole lot of talk nearly as much when you hear people discussing like punk and pop punk music. I feel like if you went asked a lot of like big time punk and pop punk musicians about like their influences and bands they liked and everything that you know the ergs and the steinways and stuff would come up a lot or maybe not even as a direct influence but if you're like oh what do you think of the ergs they're gonna know exactly who they are or have played shows with them or know the guys personally or i mean things like like that they toured with so many bands and then the other bands they've been in have toured with 
so many bands. It's, you know, wide reaching across the whole scene. And I think the whole family tree of the Ergs, the Sineways, and Houseboat should get some more exposure. I also want to see that family tree. I want to see, like, the, the, you know, where it started, the three bands, and then all the things that they split off into with their uh, other people. Yes. Unlike some of the other bands that we do, there's not a whole lot of information about these bands out there and certainly not anything like a whole chart of band no. members or where they went or anything like like say real big fish has a whole page on all the different band members and specifically the members yeah there's all these little things that exist in music scenes and a lot of times guys end up being in other bands that you like and you don't even realize it at first yeah i mean it's yeah <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's all i can say to that oh shit the ergs on myspace I you know, mean that. That's, you know, I love me a good MySpace link. That's kind of the point we get to. <laughs> Some of these bands, like they don't. Now the Ergs do have a Wikipedia page, but none of their albums have Wikipedia pages. Mm-hmm. This this is supposedly a compilation album of things from other sources, but yeah. I can't find any information, like concrete information, on where this song originally came from. <laughs> nope. <laughs> Theoretically, all these songs were on some other release originally. You know, a single, a B-side of a single, a split with somebody else, a compilation. But I, there's no information. Yeah, because it's, it's a collection of previously released material from singles, seven inches, and compilation appearances. And when I searched the song, I did find a little bit of... It said it was from another album, but then when I looked up that album, I can't find any information on it existing at all. Interestingly enough, and I did not even know this, the Ergs put out an EP this year earlier this year three tracks or something right for a four song ep in january that's wild and somehow when i have even gone to the ergs page on spotify to like songs i i missed that somehow (laughs) is this the time in the season yes time in the season ep so Hmm. i mean they also put out an album in 20 or an ep in 2010 and an ep in 2016 so they've still kind of been semi-regularly releasing material even though they've been officially broken up since 2008 yeah and uh mikey erg is on the i always fuck up his last name it's like the chris gethard 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 show yeah i forget how he pronounces yeah, it yeah i'm i'm not good with that either no but uh he's like the drummer of the house band He's just getting in. He's gotten into he's, everything. His his whole career. That's what he does. Not many guys came from uh, underground punk bands in New Jersey and ended up being house drummers on shows. No, but some of them come from underground ska bands and end up as announcers on late night TV shows that then become anti vaxxers and. What? <laughs> wrong Barrett. Oh, wrong Barrett. Wrong That's Barrett. Right. Wrong Barrett. Sorry. It's Aaron Barrett this episode. No relation. Surprisingly, no. Okay, so one more time. That was Warm and Sharp by the Ergs off of Hindsight is 2020 from 2008. All right. And again, my song was Somebody Loved Me from Real Big Fish off of the 2002 album Cheer Up. And my song was Warm and Sharp by the Ergs off the 2008 album Hindsight is 2020. You can find these songs 
as well as the songs we talked about in our listening to section and the songs from previous episodes on the Hit Shuffle playlist on Spotify. And if you want to chat with us, yell at us, say something to us, you can find us on social media. On Twitter and Instagram, we are at hit underscore shuffle. We also have a Facebook page and a website, hitshufflepodcast.com. I guess it's time to go ahead and roll the dice, see what our uh, listeners are going to shuffle to today. All right, so you guys, this week, you will roll 18. Hey, that's like one of my numbers I always get. Yes, we switched, and now you have the high numbers, and now the listeners have the high numbers as well. So shuffle 18 tracks into your library, see what you get, and hit us up on social media and let us know. We'd really like to start featuring some listener shuffles in the show very soon. Yeah, you might end up being what we end up listening to for that, uh, that episode. Well, anyway, for the Hit Shuffle Podcast, I've been your host, Matt. And I have been your host, Dave. Stay fresh, cheese bags. <laughs> You've never seen that meme? that they consider hidden bonus twat twats. <laughs> <laughs>